Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. Rioters tried to storm the Israeli embassy in Jordan. In Beirut, the U.S. embassy was set on fire. Joe Biden's trip to the Middle East cut short, with part of it being canceled after it was reported that Israel bombed a hospital. However, it seems now the evidence is suggesting Israel did not, in fact, bomb a hospital. And as you're waking up, there is a, you may be thinking of the ongoing debate from last night of was it a, a, a missile strike, an airstrike from Israel, or was it a misfire? With the left saying the decimation of a hospital is too great an explosion for Hamas to have pulled off with 500 dead. How could it be possible? That Hamas's rinky-dink little rocket misfires and takes out a whole hospital. It's an interesting question. And we had one of our members last night ask that. There's no way that Palestine, that Hamas, could have done this. One of the super chatters asked us on IRL. They asked us, how could uh, a rocket from Hamas be that powerful to destroy an entire, uh, to decimate, to level a hospital? And the first thing I asked was, was the hospital leveled? I had not seen any photos or reports the hospital was no longer in existence. And now there's only one bit of evidence you need. Photos emerging from the scene this uh, in the morning. They're much uh, further ahead than us in terms of daylight. Show it was a parking lot fire. The buildings are all intact. Now, this could all be propaganda and manipulation as well. But based on photos I've looked up of the hospital, Comparing it with photos and videos posted by numerous individuals, at least for now, and this is this could be wrong. I'm trying my best here. It does seem that whatever happened, it is not 500 dead. It is not the leveling of a hospital. However, this propaganda pushed out by numerous nations that hate the United States was used to ignite their populations and call for war. Blaming Israel, even even Russia says the U.S. profits off of war. They bear responsibility for this. And now it would seem. Hospital still there. Fire in the parking lot. And if that is the case, I would say right now, as I said yesterday, the preponderance of evidence that we have so far suggests a rocket fired by Hamas misfired and then hits the hospital. Now, a lot of people said, how could that have destroyed it? Good point. Looks like it did not. 
There's video from on top of one of the buildings in the area showing all the other buildings are intact, but the parking lot seems to have sustained some serious damage. It would seem the most likely scenario is Hamas fire rocket. The rocket's propulsion system ruptures. These are makeshift rockets. There's, there's videos of them making them out of water pipes, causing it to spin out of control. But the payload and the propulsion are separate. When the propulsion system falls, you get a minor explosion. When the payload drops, you get a large explosion, setting fire to the parking lot, injuring several people, but not destroying an entire hospital. Israel's also put out a, a recording, they say, shows uh, two individuals saying it looks like it was it was Hamas. These, these are Hamas individuals saying like, uh oh, they believe they may have done it. Now, I, I love this recording because there are people who are saying that uh, it sounds fishy because there's a weird dramatic pause. It's, it's fake. And it's like, OK, um, if, if the argument is the recording is fake because the conversation doesn't flow properly, I just got to tell you, that's not the good argument to make as to why it's fake. It is the argument that they edited together audio of someone talking to make it seem like they're taking responsibility or admitting they did it. That's silly. We don't know who these guys are. The, the IDF could just take two random guys who speak Arabic and have them read a script. And, there, and there, there would be no awkward pausing or whatever, or whatever you want to call it. I don't know for sure. What I can tell you is right now, everyone's posting photos. Many people are posting photos, breaking down, being like, yo, the hospital didn't fall down. There is a desire to blame the United States, to blame Israel for everything. And you know what really makes me suspect this was a uh, was propaganda? Maybe it was even intentional. Is that there's reports coming out of people saying they saw children injured by the blast who, with their heads removed. Really? That's right. One of the stories from the Daily Mail is that witnesses said that after Israel hit the hospital, there were children who had been decapitated in the blast. You see the game they're playing? I, I you know what, man? I got no answers. This is why you have two solutions. You have two opportunities. Okay, there's, there's two there's two parent trees you can take down when you're dealing with lying scumbags who want you to kill people. You can either with the authoritarian iron fist, just crush the region, decimate and just impose harsh order and tell the, the, the children to shut your mouths. Okay, that's not, in my opinion the best way to go about doing things. You know what? It, it creates destabilization. For one, it violates human rights, right? We don't want authoritarian lockdowns, bombings, none of that stuff. Everybody's trying to get everybody else to kill everybody. Hold on. That's not going to work in the long run either. It breeds, breeds animosity and chaos. There's another opportunity for us to not be involved at all and to step back and say, gee, I wonder what happened. Anyway, did you guys watch the game last night? The United States involvement in these conflicts is, is it's, it's an impossibility. I just do not see how, how we navigate manipulations and lies like this. Shout out to all the mainstream media that ran the narrative definitively that Israel did this. And I'm gonna, I'll, let's break it down. Let's break it down for you. First, we got to start with the, the, the threat of chaos here. Americans warned, do not travel to Lebanon as Beirut embassy is set on fire. They say the U.S. has warned Americans not to travel to Lebanon, Lebanon in its entirety. Family members of U.S. government personnel and non-essential embassy staff were allowed to leave Lebanon after the embassy in Beirut was targeted by protesters who started a fire at the complex. Hours after the protest began, the State Department issued a do not travel advisory. This is getting very, very, very serious. The advisory noted that large demonstrations had erupted in the wake of recent violence in Israel and Gaza. 
Protesters have blocked major roads. You can see this. It warned. This is uh, Lebanese people gather in front of the U.S. embassy to stage a protest against Israeli airstrike on Gaza's Al-Ali Baptist Hospital. Take a look at this from The Independent, a definitive statement in the caption that Israel did strike the Al-Ali Baptist Hospital. This is crazy. I can't tell you definitively one way or another. I have gone through all the evidence and it looks like with more evidence emerging in daylight hours, hospitals still there. And it was a parking lot fire. Now, maybe that's not true. Maybe I'm being lied to. Maybe these photos and videos are all wrong, perhaps. But if that's the case, how does the independent and Getty definitively state that Israel did this? Let me just tell you, this is what evil looks like. Evil. NBC News, AP, the journalists who came at independent and definitively made a statement without evidence, they are evil. It is either the banality of evil or it is malicious evil. You do not without conclusive proof, come out and say one way or another, it was a group. Because what you then do is exacerbate the potential risk that humans die and we get more war. And with the region on the brink, with 19,000 U.S. personnel off the off the waters of Israel, the last thing we need is the media to generate fervor which could result in more death and war. But these people are evil. They are so bloodthirsty, so bloodthirsty. All right, let's break this one down. What do we got? Let's see what, let's see what we got. First, Jordanians tried to storm Israeli embassy after Gaza hospital strike. You see? It's crazy. It's this terrifying thought that it doesn't matter what's true. It matters what's true to you and I as we sit back and say, let's figure this one out. But to the warmongers, to the zealots and the ideologues, it doesn't matter. All that matters is they were given a tool, a weapon of propaganda, and people will believe it, whether it's true or not. Look at this in the Daily Mail. I saw a toddler's body without a head. It was a massacre. Rescuers described collecting body parts in horrific aftermath of Gaza hospital blast with carnage leaving smell of dead everywhere. You know, I'll tell you what happens with me first. I hear this happens. This morning, I begin doing my research to see where we're currently at and what do I find. Yeah, look, most of the photos and videos coming out of the coming out of the uh, the uh, Alali hospital conflict don't show the hospital at all. They show like recovery sites. They show people uh, injured people waiting for treatment. And I'm like, where's a photo of a leveled hospital? Perhaps it exists. I didn't find it. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm saying this is the research I've done so far. I'm not going to come out and tell you definitively one way or another. I know for sure. I'm going to tell you what I found so far and what I think. Maybe I missed the evidence. Comment below. Maybe, maybe you know better than I. But when I start looking at all these photos, I realize I don't see any photos of a leveled hospital. People are telling me it was leveled. And I'm like, where, where, where? Nope. I've, I, I have been scouring news feeds, uh, scrolling through X and, uh, and Instagram, and I just you're cruising down the highway, windows rolled down, tunes blasting from the radio. You're in the zone and living the dream. Suddenly, your car sputters, coughs, and throws a wrench in your whole day. Tow trucks, repair bills, the dream turns into a nightmare. Don't wait until car trouble steals your peace of mind. Visit CarShield now at carshield.com Carlson. For nearly 20 years, CarShield has helped millions of drivers avoid the stress of major repairs. 
They offer plans covering up to 5,000 parts and systems, from your engine and transmission to electronics and more, all for a low monthly rate that fits your budget. CarShield plans also include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, and rental options. Get peace of mind now. Visit CarShield online at carshield.com slash carlson. Join millions of customers and contact CarShield now to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash carlson. That's carshield.com slash carlson. Visit now. Can't find it. Okay. I'll tell you what I did instantly find. We have this tweet from... A.G. Hamilton 29. He says, so let's walk through it. We now have video of the scene showing the explosion is from the parking lot and the buildings are intact. There is no crater, no building demolished. This is inconsistent with the type of bomb many were suggesting yesterday. Now, hold on there a minute. What am I supposed to think when I can't find any videos of a, a demolished hospital, but I can find photos of a parking lot fire? Now, I don't know what this photo is, where it's from, or anything like that. I don't know. Maybe this is a photo from a long time ago. Maybe it's, right. how do I prove any of this? What I can tell you is based on my cursory search of uh, uh, images from before, this looks consistent with the uh, correct location. And so again, who knows? I mean, I mean, look, you could AI generate all these images for, for all I know. I'm doing my best. So what we operate on is a general assumption based on the evidence, but we are, we, we must remain absolutely willing to accept new evidence that could change because of the manipulation we are facing. For now, I would say, as it did last night and does this morning more so, appear to be a Palestinian Hamas rocket misfire, and it did not decimate a hospital. Hamilton says there is drone footage from, from before and after that shows the same as above. However, this has been locked down, so we don't have whatever this is. He goes on to add, the IDF has released a phone call allegedly between two Hamas operatives where one informs the other that the Islamic Jihad missile was launched from a cemetery near the hospital and the shrapnel is consistent with one of their missiles. A lot of people are claiming Israel faked this or whatever. And it's like, if they made something that was so easily faked, it would be evidence against them. And there's a huge risk in doing so. So the, the, the uh, assumption would be more likely that it is true, a wiretapped phone call released by the IDF and less likely that it was faked. However, entirely possible. I just don't think it's as likely. He goes on to add, it's also worth noting that the photos of the scene are also not consistent with any of the casualty numbers that were quickly released by Hamas Health Ministry and cited through the media yesterday, even if there were a significant number of refugees in the parking lot. We also had a clear announcement at 1900 by Hamas, they would begin firing rockets. We then have a video showing a barrage of rockets fired and then an explosion. Don't know if this shows anything. I don't know what these videos are of. No one does. People hear this. They see the cash and say it must be true. He says, we have video from Al Jazeera live stream showing a rocket being launched, misfiring, and then part of the payload falling down nearby. That's from 1859 within a minute of the announcement. It appears to show a rocket misfire. The propulsion system appears to, to break. And then all, all of a sudden, a small explosion and then a larger explosion. What happens? Rockets have uh, multiple parts. One of them is the propulsion system. One of them is the payload. They're separate for obvious reasons. If they were the same, the whole thing would just blow up in midair. So it looks like the propulsion system breaks. The propulsion system separates, detonates in a tiny explosion, and the payload detonates in a larger explosion, likely hitting their own hospital. He says, analysis of the Al Jazeera live stream location confirms the missile fell on the hospital. Geo confirmed 
which is just tracking geolocation, appears to show based on numerous photos, satellite imagery, these things all line up based on the coordinates. It looks like the rocket was fired, misfired. And this is what happened. All I, that's, that's all we really need to say. I mean, you've got this uh, uh, this other video showing the location, showing the timestamp, showing the misfire and the explosion. OK, now you get it. This is what we're, what we're what we're dealing with. Let's talk about where where we're being brought into a very serious potential for World War Three over the lies from the corporate press and the left. Michael Tracy had a really great tweet in a couple hours. Well, depending on when you watch this at 11 a.m. this morning. We are going to have a vote on the speaker, uh, speaker of the House. And there are Republicans who are saying we must get back to work. And there's really only one reason. So they can fund war with the uh, uh, war in, in Ukraine and Israel. Seriously. And Michael Tracy points out that, you know, one Democrat, I think it was, uh, who was it? Was it Aguilar? Actually is saying we got to get to work so we can send money to Ukraine and Israel. That's the plan, man. Yeah, and this will be used as propaganda to fund and expand war. We are on the precipice of a serious conflict. And it's it's dark days indeed, man. It's going to be hard to know what's real. Furious Hamas slams Israel, uh, Israel's outrageous lies over who is to blame for Gaza hospital bombing after IDF chief claimed wiretapped call videos misfiring, blah, 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 blah. This is where we're at. Biden points finger at Palestinian groups for Gaza hospital explosion after he lands in Tel Aviv with peace mission in tatters. All right. So here we have Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro's tweet. Evidence Hamas did it. Live footage of rocket failing. Contemporaneous Hamas audio. Drone footage. Footage from the site. Evidence Israel did it. Well, a genocidal Jew hating terrorist group did say it was the Jews. I'm sorry. Like, I just I couldn't help but laugh at this tweet because while it is Getting the sentiments correct in terms of like what the evidence is, Ben's just like <laughs> evidence Israel did it. He's just very direct, right? Like just a, a direct slap in the face to Hamas. Now, I bring this up because, well, Ben's correct. I mean, <laughs> the evidence Hamas did it is everything we've already outlined. And the evidence that Israel did it was quite literally people saying they've done it before. Oh, I know, I know. I've got I've got other things to show you, none of which is actual evidence that Israel did it. There's a media personality in Israel and you got the left being like, they admitted they did it. And it's like media personality associated with the Israeli government who tweeted out that they bombed a hospital and then quickly deleted it is not evidence they did. It's I don't know what you I don't know how you describe it, but a dude who's not in the military immediately just tweeting out this happened. Here's what I think is possible. This guy is a propagandist for Israel. And so when news broke of the hospital being bombed, he immediately thought, I'll claim it was a terrorist hotbed. Perhaps. Or perhaps someone told him that. And then he deleted it because he was wrong. They're trying to claim that fog of war, uh, modern fog of war and the information warfare is evidence of something having happened. But now, funny enough, we appear to have videos of uh, in daylight hours showing hospitals still there. And if that's true, what, what, what is anybody talking about? This is consistent then with what the West and Israel has been saying, that it was a Palestinian rocket misfire that landed on the hospital. Everyone's like, yeah, but how did it level the hospital? Well, surprise, surprise, it appears that it didn't. My Magaisa with a really great tweet, how the world reacted. This is a, uh, I believe this is a journalist or broadcast journalist, uh, not sure from where, says, 
Egypt, Jordan, Syria, Cuba, Iraq, Turkey, Venezuela, the African Union and Iran have all blamed the United States. I'm sorry, have all blamed Israel. Iran blamed the US condemning the attack. The EU diplomacy, France, Netherlands, a ministry of foreign affairs, Netherlands and Spain, British foreign office and Japan, Japanese ministry. The US has blamed no one. And the Russian council blames the United States for making money off war. Well, you know, they're not wrong about that. The US certainly makes money off war. But it does appear now as the as the air is clearing, this is the case. In the uh, we have this uh, this tweet, same, same tweet from Ben Shapiro, but a response from Jackson Hinkle who says, stop lying, Ben. Israel deleted their video proof, not evidence. Israel did it. Let's let's break this down. Video proof. The initial videos published by Israel appeared to have been old videos. And there were two videos that were wrong. One with an incorrect timestamp, likely of a different missile strike. One from 2022 that was quickly debunked. Not proof. Israel did it. He says you lied about 40 beheaded babies. Well, I don't know. Uh, I can say that was an exaggeration. Uh, children were killed. It appears that uh, the, the evidence we have suggests a lot of children were killed. And so 40 beheaded babies seems to have been a hyperbolic and exaggerated statement. I don't know if that proves and has anything to do with this. So let's start again. Israel deleting their video proof just shows that their videos were incorrect. Doesn't mean that Israel did it. Out, you can outright say, aha, Israel lied. You can believe they did it intentionally. Sure. Doesn't mean Israel bombed a hospital. Beheaded babies has nothing to do with this story. So he's accusing Ben of lying. That's on him. Israel's digital spokesperson admitted Israel did it. I believe he's referring to Hanania uh, uh, Naftali. I believe the name. I could, I could be wrong. In which case, someone posted, uh, as I mentioned, and then quickly deleted it. Not evidence. Israel did it. A guy saying a thing is not proof they did it. People say things all the time and delete their posts. But you know, I'll add it as a grain of hand, a grain of sand to the heap of did Israel do this? However, it is not direct evidence that Israel did anything. Israel warned the hospital to evacuate before bombing. According to numerous reports, Israel issued numerous warnings to multiple buildings in the area, not just because of their strikes, but because of Hamas as well. Again, not evidence Israel did this. Hamas couldn't have leveled the entire hospital with one of their tiny bombs. Fair point. That's true. It appears that based on photos, the hospital wasn't leveled at all. So what, what, what more can be said? Lies, lies, lies. I, I, okay, here we go. From the deep program on Reddit. Hanania Naftali first admits Israel bombing by saying there was a Hamas base in the hospital and some terrorists died before deleting it and saying it's a false flag. He's a fanatical Christian Zionist who works for Benjamin Netanyahu as a deputy media advisor. So this is what they're referring to as proof that uh, he, it was admitted and then denied. This is, look, be, this doesn't prove that Israel bombed something. It may prove that a guy is a liar. That's it. Perhaps he posted this because after seeing this explosion and people were blaming Israel, he immediately thought to deflect. And then they said, stop, we didn't do this. So he deleted it. That's a likely scenario. Could be possible that Israel did strike the, the, this hospital with a tiny bomb, which resulted in a parking lot fire and killed a lot of people. I mean, bad, but we, this is not evidence. This is the problem I have with so much. They're like, did you see a guy put out a tweet saying that Israel did it? That means Israel did it. And I'm like, who's the guy? Is he a military intelligence guy? What's his reasoning for this? And what does a statement about what Israel did have to do with whether or not the action was actually taken? You need evidence of the of uh, what what kind of rocket is being used? Who are they targeting? What was targeted? What happened afterwards? Hey, look, man, when this tweet goes out, I take it seriously. I'm like, OK, we have some probable cause, I'd call it that Israel may have done this. Let's investigate. We have a lot of statements from individuals on, on, on Reddit, which I find interesting. 
Someone said they were trying to cover it up with a video from 2022. Covering up is an insinuation of intent. I would just say they posted an incorrect video and then deleted it. I don't know that they were trying to cover it up or they made a mistake. I can't prove any of that. I can only say Israel and Israel uh, um, aligned individuals posted a video that was false because it was from a year ago. It was deleted. Hollywood is under siege, covertly compromised by a global adversary. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream to the world is now making nightmares a reality. The American way of life is being censored by the Chinese Communist Party. Some films have scenes completely altered. Other films have lost their funding or been canceled altogether. Some actors have been banned from China for supporting human rights. Hollywood Takeover is a documentary brought to you by the Epoch Times, revealing how the CCP has infiltrated major movie studios. Join Chris Fenton, a former Hollywood executive, and Tiffany Meyer, an investigative news reporter, through their journey in exposing how the film industry gradually lost its integrity on its path to profits. Don't miss the most important documentary ever made about Hollywood. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free on HollywoodTakeover.com Tim. That's HollywoodTakeover.com slash T-I-M. Uh, you got a lot of people, you know, the scale of the explosion suggests airstrike. Why did everyone immediately assume the hospital was leveled? Interesting, right? They said it was and everyone believed it. Didn't Israel warn everybody to leave the hospital? One says they warned half a dozen hospitals in the north all at the same time. They also previously bombed the hospital Saturday. Okay. When a previous hospital was bombed, we didn't get a report. We didn't get reporting like this. And here's here's where I will uh, I will I will wind this down. There is a video posted by Clown World on Twitter. Why on earth are people tearing down posters for missing civilians? Let me tell you what I think. We see these people in the U.S., in the West, in London, tearing down posters for missing people because they're evil. That's it. They have said settlers are not civilians. That's a lie. Civilians are civilians. They're evil. So when you have an evil group of individuals that seek to kill civilians and lie about it and then tear down the posters of the missing missing civilians, people who are kidnapped, when you have them cheering in the streets for bombing civilian targets, who do you give the benefit of the doubt to? It's not about who we like or don't like. It's about the preponderance of evidence and the simple solution. And the simple solution is... Israel does target civilian structures. They issue warnings. They drop flares on buildings. Civilians do die when these things happen. It is possible that Israel bombed a hospital. So we take that into consideration. However, Hamas indiscriminately fires rockets at civilians, civilian targets intentionally. They, they, their supporters cheer for the killing and capture of civilians. They call them hipsters. They call them settlers, settler colonialists and evil. They, they tell us they intentionally target civilians as, as part of their military doctrine and tactic. And so, based on all of this, if you're starting from the beginning and looking at two groups, Hamas and Israel, you're going to lean more towards, even if it's 1%, Hamas is the likely culprit. While it's possible that Israel did this, the likelihood that Hamas blew up their own civilians either on accident or intentionally is greater than Israel targeted a bunch of civilians and then tried to lie about it while possible on both sides. Based on the evidence we currently have right now, it appears that the hospital was not leveled and that this was lies by Hamas and the Palestinians to garner support internationally, shutting down peace talks. That's right. That's what happened. 
igniting riots across the region and dragging us into war. Many leftists in the U.S. who we can see will tear down the photos of innocent civilians who are being who are missing. They're evil. Their intention is not to seek justice for anyone, not to de-escalate conflict. Their intention is to ignite chaos in the region so that, as they say, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. From the Jordan River to the Mediterranean, they want Israel gone. And that's that, and that's the basis by which we start. The left, they lie. They're ideological zealots. They're not seeking to be reasonable people here. Israel, certainly. They're horrifying photos of civilians who are being injured and bombed, and they're disgusting statements from U.S. personnel about war. And there are bloodthirsty individuals who want Gaza wiped wiped out as well. But all that matters is where we lean. Israel knows they need international support and they have to be careful. Doesn't mean they always are. uh, Palestine knows that they're playing a propaganda game and dead civilians means more support, more international aid, and more power for them. It is the leftist oppression Olympics game at warfare scale. Feign the victim, and what do you get? Well, Joe Biden flew to the Middle East to have uh, humanitarian summits with, with leaders in Arabic nations, and it's been canceled. He's met with, he's met with uh, I believe, Netanyahu already. But Jordan canceled, and many other uh, Arabic leaders were supposed to be there. And it was canceled because they say Israel bombed the hospital. You see the game being played here? Evil. In war, there are no rules. I don't fault the Palestinians for lying to gain power. It's what people do in war. But my point is just this. Expect anyone to use any means necessary to win and steal power. So for me, the question is, who's lying? Yeah, I think um, history dictates it's likely Hamas and it's likely the far left, not Israel. Does that mean Israel's always honest? Of course not. Everybody lies. The U.S. government lies. Israel lies. Everybody lies because they also want to win as well. But typically, it is not Israel intending to kill civilians. It's Hamas. And now the evidence has come out to suggest it was all one big lie. So we'll see. Maybe we'll get dragged into war. We likely are. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. $100 million. $100 million. That is the message sent to Gaza and Hamas. If they want money and they all have to do is engage in serious acts of terror against Israeli civilians and the United States will give them $100 million. It's a game we can't win. Biden compares Hamas attack to 15 9-11s. President says U.S. will stand by Israel urges them not to be consumed by rage and announces $100 million in aid to Gaza and the West Bank in Tel Aviv speech. So Hamas in Gaza, maybe they want money for weapons. Maybe they want money for food. Well, here's their new way to go about getting it, because the U.S. has just stated that if you commit 15 9-11s, they will give you $100 million. Man. Talk about a terrible president. Look, what's happening in Gaza and and the West Bank, it's bad. We don't want civilians to die. I don't like the conflict. I don't have good answers for you. I can certainly tell you that by giving $100 million to to, to Gaza, you are telling Hamas terror works. It's it's absolutely incredible. And I'll I'll add too, I don't know why we're, we're spending this money. 
I suppose the idea is bribery. Man, let me tell you guys a quick side story. Recently, MGM, the casino chain, and I believe, uh, what was it, Caesars, they got hacked. They were blackmailed, extorted. Give us money or we'll shut down your computer systems. I think it was Caesars. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. One of the, one of the, I know MGM refused to pay. They did the right thing. One of them agreed to pay to release their network. Mistake. The other MGM said no. Across the country, all the MGM casinos went down. They probably lost a lot of money. But you know why it was the right move? Because the one that agreed to pay will be targeted again. I'm like, you're insane. You pay $50 million right now. And in one month, they will do it again. Because you're not going to be able to stop them. MGM said, no, we're not giving you a penny. We're going to hunt you down. We're going to figure out who you are. And you're going to go to prison for the rest of your life. And in the meantime, they lost more money trying to fix the problem. But it's the right move. What Joe Biden is saying right now is that everything they did in creating this conflict, Hamas, is rewarded. Here's the story from the Daily Mail. Joe Biden warned Israel not to become consumed with rage, even as he promised that the U.S. stood with Israelis and their demand for justice after suffering a slaughter equivalent to 15 9-11s. Wow. He delivered a speech laden with anger at the end of a day in Tel Aviv meeting Israeli leaders and victims of the Hamas terror attack. We've seen it described as Israel's 9-11. For a nation the size of Israel, it was like 15 9-11s. The scale may be different, but I'm sure those horrors have tapped into so some kind of primal feeling in Israel, just like it did in America. Shock, pain, rage, all consuming rage. The words were part of the day's main message. Biden's commitment to stand with Israel after 1,300 people were murdered by Hamas gunmen. Man. The fallout meant plans for a summit of Arab leaders. So, so basically, uh, they say his trip was overshadowed by a blame game over who was responsible for an explosion that killed 500 people at a Gaza hospital. I love this because they're still operating under the assumption the hospital was hit and civilians died when now it appears none of it happened. It was all just a lie. Amazing. The fallout meant plans for a summit of Arab leaders in Jordan was, was abandoned. Saudi Arabia evacuating citizens from Lebanon. The U.S. doing the same. The U.S. embassy in Lebanon set on fire. They say instead, Biden used his speech in Tel Aviv to reiterate U.S. support for an eventual Palestinian state and announce $100 million in aid for Gaza and the West Bank. Wow. You know what's going to happen next. It's only a matter of time before they attack again. I don't know that they used the $100 million in aid for weapons. We've seen the videos of Hamas digging up water pipes to get metal to make rockets. Perhaps. Could be propaganda. They probably get the rockets through underground tunnels, too. They definitely do. And so now the U.S. is going to pay them off. What a stupid move. Incredible. I, I, I have no words. I can't believe that, that they're sending $100 million after all this. This is what you get. Here's a tweet from Rashida Tlaib that I think uh, helps us understand the state of where we're at. Last night, she said, Israel just bombed the Baptist hospital, killing 500 Palestinians, doctors, children, patients, just like that. POTUS, this is what happens when you refuse to facilitate a ceasefire and help de-escalate. Your war and destruction only approach has opened my eyes and many Palestinian Americans and Muslims, Americans like me. We will remember where you stood. A lie. It's not true. Yeah. 500 didn't die. The hospital still stands. 
and it looks like it was a parking lot fire. It's really incredible. This is where we're at. And this is what's being supported. How do we get to this point? Well, we'll start here. Gilead on Twitter. This is a, uh, I don't know, research analyst, he says. Ben Collins, a senior reporter for NBC News who apparently specializes in disinformation and the internet, has weighed in as follows on the calamity at the Gaza hospital, now widely understood to be the result of a misfired Palestinian rocket, also understood to have been an explosion in the parking lot, which resulted in some injuries and perhaps deaths, but not the leveling of a building. Ben Collins. He's an evil guy. I I genuinely believe he is evil, malicious evil. He lies. That's what he does. It's kind of remarkable. I'm like, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. I know a lot of journalists who are just bad at their jobs or biased, but this dude just makes things up. He publishes overt lies. That's what he does. First, a retweet of an inaccurate claim that the hospital was bombed. Here's Ben Collins retweeting that the hospital was bombed. Wasn't. Here's him tweeting out a headline from Sky News. At least 500 people killed in hospital bombing in Gaza, Palestinian officials claim. A hospital, he tweeted. Well, he was wrong. Headline was bad. Then retweets some vague frustration about truth on social. So you have Brandy Zadrozny, another liar for NBC News. Like, dude, no question. NBC News is an activist organization. For real. Their disinformation team totally infiltrated, totally captured by zealot extremists. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. She says, uh, Brandy says, I'm so angry about how impossible it is to tell what's real or fake on this on this site anymore. There's nowhere else to go. So we all just stay here and act like anything is reliable. It's always been the case. It wasn't perfect, but now all guardrails are gone, replaced by perverse incentives to fake. It's awful. It's it's actually not true. (coughs) Excuse me. Because with community notes, they're imperfect, but they're better than it, it used to be. His replies, posts that don't appear for all of his followers don't help. Mostly he pushes back on people suggesting he might, might, it might be a good idea to pump the brakes. One person said, Jordan Klein, this is horrific, but we wait a bit to see what actually unfolded before parroting the Hamas government that it was an Israeli airstrike. There are conflicting reports. The explosion was caused by a failed Hamas rocket. And he said, I think people should know hundreds of people died at the hospital immediately. Actually, that's why I picked that headline specifically. Yeah, uh, that never happened. Hundreds of people didn't die. It seems to be fake news. I mean, maybe, I don't know. But I can tell you right now, his infinitive statement, wrong. One woman, Beth, said it's an absolute horror that anyone of good conscience can mourn over. At the same time, these innocent victims were put in danger in the first place by Hamas's terrorism. He says, we don't know that yet. What we do know is that hundreds are dead at a hospital. Amazing. It's amazing, isn't it? 
He says, uh, uh, he says, ah, as I said this, he appears to have woken up. It's 1039 in New York City. Still no clarification to his nearly half a million followers about who is believed responsible. And that his earlier retweets were apparently false and extremely damaging falsehood with real world consequences. This is where we're at. These activists and far leftists are lying. This is what they do. Take a look at this. I almost didn't even want to include this. Andy No tweets, Mika Tosca, a leftist trans activist, a male, an associate professor at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago, wrote a screed against Israelis dehumanizing them. I'm not even going to read what they said. I can't do it. Referring to them as inhuman, as animals and other things. I think it's disgusting. This is what the left is and supports. So when these people come out and claim something happened, that Israel did an airstrike, why would I believe them? And I'm bringing this up to show you what Joe Biden has said he will support. $100 million to Gaza. I don't blame all the people in Gaza for what Hamas does, but Hamas is their government. And now Hamas knows if they want money and resources, terror gets it for them. Bravo. Look at this one. This one's crazy. Replying to Ayanna Presley, don't come to this thread to make people sensitive about Palestine. This is one rabbi who was gently stabbed. I'm just, I'm losing it, man. Israel is still blowing up buildings with people in them. It's a little pathetic to panic over this, honestly. It's just lies. And now we have this story. The ADL and who they support and the far left being exposed. Well, I'm glad we're getting this content. The story is two young women were seen tearing down posters of civilians who are missing or kidnapped. This is what evil looks like. These people smiling as they tear down posters for missing people. Bro, these people are evil. I'm sorry, man. Evil. When a civilian dies, it's a bad thing. Doesn't matter who they are. We don't want civilians dead. We have we have overt war. I mean, you have war with um, like World War Two, Vietnam. It is horrifying corruption when we see civilians killed for no reason. These people celebrate and smile as they rip down flyers for the missing, for children, men and women. They're happy they did it. The Anti-Defamation League, I'm, I'm hearing rumors. I'm <clears throat> I haven't seen this for myself. She used to work for the ADL, and they've taken down her page explaining her activism. An NYU student has admitted to tearing down posters of Israeli hostages, blaming her exploits on misplaced anger. They don't care. They're lying to you. Yasmin Dehimi, a junior at NYU who once worked for the Anti-Defamation League and self-acclaimed activist, confessed to tearing down the flyers of hostages that were plastered outside NYU's Tisch Hall on Monday and tossing them in the trash. A now viral video of their actions has sparked backlash, with many calling for the university to hold the three perpetrators accountable. In a since-deleted Instagram post, Dehimi apologized, offering a bizarre explanation for the disgraceful act, claiming she was having a rough time finding her place as a biracial brown woman during these highly volatile times. No, I am sick of the evil manipulation and lies from these psychopaths who want to kill people. I'm just done, man. I'm at my wits end. She is now trying to play the victim 
And this is what the Democrats have supported. This is what these corporations have supported, and it is being exposed, and I'm sick of it. I have found it increasingly difficult to know my place as a biracial brown woman, especially during these highly volatile times. I have felt more and more frustrated by the time we currently find ourselves in, and that misplaced anger into actions that are not an accurate representation of who I am as a person. They are. You're evil. You're a smiling, evil person who was ripping down the flyers of innocent civilians. Oh, I'm sorry. What did that Yale professor say? Settlers aren't civilians because they're evil. And it's who they represent. And it's what they represent. Not every single person, not every person critical of Israel or or, uh, uh, defending the Palestinian people is evil. No, no, no. I'm saying these people. In this age of social media and digital footprint, these moments of anger are selfish and self-absorbed and not reflective of who I am and who my family raised me to be. The NYU junior has claimed to be extremely passionate about fighting racial profiling. She and two others were filmed Monday at Tisch Hall in Manhattan's Greenwich Village, stripping clean a wall where students had plastered the faces of some of the hundreds of hostages taken by Hamas. The now viral video shows the two women smirking as they hold the crumbled images of young children taken hostage. The pair were filmed by students supporting Israel, which is demanding that the perpetrators be expelled. I'm done defending these people. I just don't care anymore. I'm sick of it. They're evil. I'm, I'm just I'm just so sick of it. I'm so sick of it, man. We try to be good. We try to be just. We try to be um, accommodating. But these people are evil. You don't see. Uh, and it's funny. Ben Shapiro, in all his fervor, furious and angry over what happened in Israel, still continually defends the civilians in Palestine. And it's, it's just so amazing. It's so amazing that Ben, who can be so angry, can say we don't want civilian casualties. Wow. And that's what I see. I see someone. uh, My understanding is Ben was in Israel just before this happened. He has family and friends there. He is Jewish himself, obviously. And he has every reason to have nothing but disdain and rage for the people there that support Hamas. And what do we get from him? He still says we can't have civilian casualties. It's really amazing, isn't it? Don't get me wrong. Ben has stated that there are people who support Hamas, and this is what happens when you do. He said we shouldn't take in refugees because many of these people still support Hamas and and hate us. I, I think he's right. But this is what I see. I don't want war. I don't like that we're giving $100 million to, to, to Gaza because you can, you can argue the Palestinians are not Hamas and we want to help them. Yes, but you're telling Hamas this is how they get money into the region. I don't have any good answers for you, man, but this is not the way. I don't want the U.S. involved. I don't want to be in foreign war. I don't want us dumping money into this. But I'm just sick of these far leftists lying, cheating, and stealing. I'm just completely sick of it. And they're starting to get their comeuppance. The reason why this young woman came out and was like, oh, no, it's not my fault. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have done it is because she knows she will be blacklisted. It's because she knows people are going to say no, and they're going to fire her or not offer her jobs. And this is my point on the right with Israel. Israel will deny in every possible way they can that they are killing civilians or that civilians are intentionally targeted. People on the right will say, we don't want innocent Palestinians killed, but Hamas needs to be dealt with. Even AOC said it. That's exactly what Ocasio-Cortez said. Really amazing. Precision and intelligence to deal with Hamas. Wow. Even AOC agrees. But on the far left, they celebrate the killing of civilians. They say that this is Hamas's strategy, and it's the only way they can move the needle. 
evil. I'm just evil, man. There's no question. Here we go. Pro Hamas Harvard students beg for money for mental health. Oh, boy. That's right. Pro Hamas Harvard students. How do I close this thing? Pro Hamas Harvard students would like some money to help with their alleged mental health issues. Harvard students stunned the country when dozens of organizations signed a letter blaming Israel for Hamas murdering more than 1,400 Israelis. The horrific attack shocked the civilized world, and Israel has responded by launching a massive war in retaliation. This we understand. But now, pro-Hamas Harvard students want money. Harvard's Arab Alumni Association is soliciting donations because pro-Hamas students are facing relentless bullying and intimidation for blaming Israel for the massacre of its own citizens. John Hassan, wow, he posts this. They said they may require legal counsel, health care, mental health support, financial aid, or mentorship to navigate these turbulent and uncertain times. I'm just so done with these far leftists, man. I got no problem with someone criticizing Israel. None whatsoever. If you're upset that Israel's retaliation has been less than precise and it has resulted in civilian casualties. Yeah, I despise. I, I am sick of the conflict. And that's why I'm just like, we should not be involved. We cannot police this. I'm sick of the propaganda. I'm sick of the manipulation. But come on, man. What Hamas is doing is outside the bounds of anything reasonable. It's it, it lacks strategy. And the strategy may just be to get money from the United States. Why? Why kidnap and capture civilians? As we were told, hostages are bargaining chips. And maybe that's why Biden's really paying up $100 million, because it's, it's his way of saying, OK, 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 we're going to give you the money. Let the hostages go. They're going to keep some of them. They're going to get a bunch of money. The Gaza will all of this aid. And they're going to say, oh, it's to help these people. And Hamas is going to sit back and be like, see, it worked. We engage in mass violence and terror and they give us money. I can't believe that Israel is going to be OK with that. You've got these lies about this hospital being bombed from the far left, saying that, the, that, that Israel did it. And they're using this to justify an expansion of war and conflict in the region. Jordan canceling the humanitarian summit. And now Joe Biden says, don't worry, $100 million coming right your way. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. I'm just so, so disgusted by what the left represents right now. It's crazy. 
I think most people see it, too. That's why you had this doctor who's fired. That's why people are finally saying enough. Look, man, it's one thing for, for us to be like, you shouldn't fire someone over being, you know, for being accused of homophobia or something. That's it. Someone said a naughty word, made a naughty joke. They try to fire you. OK, but maybe it, we're coming to the point where if you're advocating for murdering millions of people and genocide and celebrating it and tearing down the posters of civilians who are kidnapped and children, we should just be like, dude, get away from me, man. I'm just sick of it. I'm, I'm just so I'm, I'm sick of it. And to see Joe Biden now paying out $100 million, Israel wants $10 billion. Biden wants $100 billion total funding for Ukraine and Israel's wars. And I'm just ready to say the U.S. should not be involved. Enough, man. Enough, enough, enough. But this is what you need to understand. And I guess this is the main point here. These women, these people, it's not just these women. They're happy. They're doing it. They're smiling. They're reveling in the suffering of children and of civilians. Because to them, you are evil. That's right. You wake up, crack open a couple of eggs, wrap some bacon. You go to work. Maybe you're a nurse. Maybe you're not. Maybe you work in a library. Maybe you're a plumber. You're evil. You're a settler colonist. And this land doesn't belong to you. You're evil. And when these people are given enough power, they're losing it, by the way. But if they ever achieve enough power, someone will come and kill you and they will smile and cheer for it because they're evil. That is evil. The goodness tries to build and create solutions, recognizing where we can move forward and how we solve problems. The evil seeks to destroy and inflict pain. And that's what they're doing. Tearing down these flyers serve no purpose other than to hurt those who put them up to maximize their suffering. Good job, Joe Biden. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see y'all then. Okay, I absolutely understand the conflict in the Middle East is horrifying, and we very much are concerned about World War III and don't want that to happen. And we want civilians not to die. I get that. But I got to be honest, there is a component in the more social elements here that is absolutely hilarious. Starbucks is suing its union after they tweeted out solidarity with Palestine after Hamas killed a bunch of civilians. Okay, look, first, it is horrifying that the Starbucks union is standing with abject terror, okay? What Hamas did is part of their military doctrine or whatever. It, it, and, and that's why it's, you know, people get mad when you call them militants or a military operation because it's outside the confines of what we determine to be like, you know, military. Targeting civilians, killing civilians, capturing children, killing children, burning people, shooting people. I mean, this is not your typical military operation. It is abject terror on civilians. Now, I know, I know, I understand. Look, the, the things we say about war, war crimes, I've talked about this. When one side is ideologically driven and won't back down, they will do anything to win. That is the horror of the hot conflict. But this is actually, you know, this, is, this, this should be enlightening for so many people to see the left overtly supporting these ideas. And I, I, will, I will sum it up for you as we get into the story, Starbucks suing its own union. Understand that these far leftists who are cheering on Hamas celebrate when they kill you. You think I'm joking? They spray paint it on walls. They write it down. When they go out and kill Americans for their political values or opinions, the far left celebrates just like they're celebrating now. These people are evil. But hey, look, man, you reap what you sow. 
I kind of think, look, we, we talk about civil war, whatever, whatever you want to say. And when we're at the point where the people who run Starbucks know it is wrong to support Hamas and it is likely going to result in lost business, the union doesn't care. Look at this. Look at this bifurcation. This is crazy. The Intercept reports. The coffee company says the union Starbucks Workers United is making people think it stands in solidarity with Palestine after the Hamas attack. Starbucks is suing its union. This is Chris from yesterday. Uh, uh, Starbucks Workers United after objecting to the group's social media posts in support of Palestine after the Hamas attack on Israel. No, Starbucks, this one's on you. This one is on you. Now, I can respect them suing the union over this, but this is who you hire. These are the policies you've employed. Welcome to the world you created. Now, again, good. Fire them. In fact, I think they should be able to just terminate all of these employees. They say, uh, according to an internal company note circulated Tuesday obtained by The Intercept, the company had previously condemned the post, but is now upping the ante, planning to take the union to court. In a message from Executive Vice President Sarah Kelly, Starbucks argued that the union's use of the name Starbucks confuses customers and that some customers took their anger over the SWU statement on store employees. No, 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 I will not. Starbucks, I'm sorry, I'm done. Until you remove these people, I believe in the boycott and boycott plan, right? We got cast brew coffee and you I don't need no Starbucks. Now, I'll be the first to admit, when I go out and I want coffee, I go to Starbucks. You know why? They're like the only coffee shop that has heavy cream. For real. It's so annoying. I went to this like fancy local Italian coffee shop and I asked for a cup of coffee with some heavy cream in it because I don't want any of that garbage half and half. And the lady says, sure, turns her back and secretly pours half and half in my coffee. I kid you not. And then turns around and I look at it. I'm like, lady, I know what half and half looks like. And then I was like, is, is this half and half? He goes, yeah. And I was like, okay, I asked for heavy cream. He goes, oh, we don't have that. I'm like, then why didn't you tell me that? I was furious, furious. First world problems, right? No, but in all seriousness, Starbucks has heavy cream. And so it's usually like I go there. I know I can get what I want. That's one of the reasons they're successful. It's a big chain and they have more options, but I'm not going to go to Starbucks. And I mean it. I, I, I canceled my Disney plus subscription years ago because they were praising. They thanked the security forces in China who are operating the Uyghur Muslim concentration camps. And I'm like, all right, that's it for me, dude. I'm out. I'm out. I don't expect everyone to abandon every product or whatever. But look, I'm gonna tell you right here, Starbucks, this is your union. These are your recognized employees. You as a corporation might be saying we don't stand with Hamas, but your employees who are in the union do. So I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll tell you what I do. We have Casper.com. We, we buy our own coffee. But when I'm out and about and need a cup of coffee, we do not yet have a large chain of cast brew coffee shops. So I'll go to Starbucks and I'll keep it real simple. I'll walk into a store and say, are you guys part of the union? And if they say yes, I'll bet have a good one. And you know what? They won't care anyway. It's bad for Starbucks. The union doesn't care. The employees don't care. Now, maybe I'll go to someone like, no, no, we're not a union store. And I'll be like, OK, good, because you've got evil in your ranks at Starbucks. But I, but it, it, I got to tell you, man, it is it is absolutely fascinating as to how this will play out. Starbucks is union supporting Hamas. Starbucks being like, dude, what? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, Starbucks. Remember when those dudes want to use the bathroom? And they got kicked out and then you bent the knee to the woke mob. You reap what you sow. They say the union's post read solidarity with Palestine and quote tweeted an image of a bulldozer breaking through the fence and circling Gaza. 
More than 9,000 workers at 360 stores have now voted to join SWU, which is affiliated with Workers United and SEIU, according to its website. But they've been met with stiff resistance from the company on a potential contract. The company previously sent SWU a cease and desist, threatening legal action, and now plans to uh, plans to follow through with that threat. The message reads, shortly after October 7th, Workers United posted a statement with an image of a bulldozer tearing down part of the Israel and Gaza border, reflecting their support for violence perpetrated by Hamas. Unfortunately, as violence against innocent in the region continues to escalate, some people are mistakenly tying these remarks to us. Because Workers United and its affiliates and members continue to use our name, logo, and intellectual property. Starbucks unequivocally condemns acts of terror, hate, and violence committed by Hamas. And we strongly disagree with the views expressed by Workers United, including its local affiliates, union organizers, and those who identify as members of the Starbucks Work United. None of these groups speak for Starbucks Coffee Company and do not represent our company's views, positions, or beliefs. Their words and actions belong to them and them alone. Lies! Wrong! I ain't playing that game. Let's be real. Starbucks, these are your employees. You hired them. They didn't just arbitrarily become the union of Starbucks. They worked at your stores. You chose to have these people in your stores. Okay, man. Boycott. Now, I'll say it outright. I'm not going to buy any Starbucks. That's it. I mean, I shouldn't be in the first place. I'm not a big fan. But, you know, I, like, I, I tell people this. I am not this hardcore bang on the wall screaming boycott kind of person. I think the boycotts are good. You know, a few years ago, I wasn't as into them. I'm into them more so now. And I believe in boycotts. But I've long said, look, man, I don't expect you to cancel your Netflix, your Amazon, your Disney, because people don't do that. And it's not a winning strategy. We need to build alternatives, which is why we're launching cast brew uh, coffee shops. It's very difficult. It's taking a very long time. Construction permits, all of that stuff, franchise legalities and contracts and all that stuff. And hopefully one day we can have a network of cast brew shops. And I'll tell you this. I'm not I'm, I'm not going to uh, just sit here and be like, I'm suing my employees who are praising overt acts of terror. I will state there is a there is a, there is a challenge and there is a line when it comes to firing people for their opinions. I probably I, I don't know how I would play. I, I can't I can't pretend to have all the answers. Right. We've got people, as I mentioned here at Timcast, who are pro-Israel, anti-Israel. Right. And that's fine. You're allowed to have these opinions. If someone here started overtly praising acts of terror against civilians, I don't know how I'd respond. I don't know that I'd fire them right away. Like, you know, this is interesting. I can certainly understand we'd probably lose a lot of business. And, you know, the issue is the Starbucks employees at the Starbucks union is like the core of the company, right? I mean, it's not like every one of their employees, but these are people who work in your stores when are running your stores. I don't want to support them. I don't want them getting money. And I can understand people feel that way about, you know, people who might work here. But the people who work here engage, you know, is like a handful of people. We're not as big as Starbucks. I will say, though, even I have my limits and there's two things to consider. If someone said something that was a naughty word, like they were complaining about, you know, trans kids or something, and we started losing business, I tell people to go screw themselves. People ought to have these opinions. They're not they're not, you know, I, but if someone here was advocating for killing civilians and overt acts of terror and stuff, then I might actually say, look, you shouldn't be here. I don't know why you want to work with us. We clearly disagree on this one. And it's not a cohesive culture. It's not so much saying like, because of your opinions, I'm shocked and scared and need to cancel you. It's more like, a, you know, we really disagree on this. The goal we have here at Timcast is winning a culture war. And if someone who's working here is actively working against our aims, I probably don't want them here. It's not so much about me being scared of a mob and being like, I have to fire you. It's about someone working against what our mission is, right? Many corporations argue this exactly. 
But most of cancel culture and most of these corporations are only firing people because they're scared of their bo- they're losing money. I'm more concerned about are we going to win a culture war and are we advocating for ideals we believe in? Attacking civilians like what Hamas is doing is, is not part of the ideals I, I hold. That being said, many of these businesses claim like, oh, you know, LGBT rights. So when the activists call them, they fire people. That's the world they live in. I think that's extreme. I don't want to live in that world. I think someone's allowed to have opinions on left, right, up, down, religion, whatever. But if you're advocating for terror from Hamas, you're, you're crossing the line as far as I'm concerned. And that, for that being said, if someone started advocating here for, for Israel to, what, what do they call, glass Gaza, I'd have the exact same conversation. Be like, bro, you are not advocating for the, 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 the values that we want and are trying to instill. We are not just a company that's making media. We have values here that we are trying and we are trying to instill and in, in, in spread a message. My point is this, and I've made this point quite a bit. It's not so much that cancel culture was wrong because people had bad opinions and got fired. It was because the left was digging up 10-year-old posts and retroactively applying statements to today. There's a big difference between someone today saying a thing and someone 10 years ago saying something. Someone says something 10 years ago, I'll ask them like, you know, they haven't said it in a while. I'm like, I don't know. It's just not material to the conversation we're having right now and people change, right? But I also think it's important to understand that it's not always just about principles. It's not just like, I believe in free speech, therefore anyone can say whatever they want. No, we have our moral lines. It's about moral lines. And we tend to be on the freedom faction side, more tolerant of opinions we disagree with. Hence, there are people at this company who are very anti-Israel. I disagree with them, but they're allowed to have those opinions. I don't think, I think they're wrong typically, but they make good points and we try to have a conversation about it. No one here is advocating for any kind of killing of civilians or terrorism or anything like that. And so I'm like, let's have our dis- you know, differing opinions. As for Starbucks, yo, I mean, they're overtly celebrating Hamas, right? I, I, I just, I, I cannot, I'm not, I'm not about that, right? They say, Starbucks did not immediately respond to a request for comment, nor did Starbucks workers united. The full note is below, also with bolding in the original. They say uh, a message from Sarah Kelly affirming Starbucks position and addressing statements from workers united. I'm not going to read their whole statement, right? You get the point. The point is quite simple, my friends. The far left is clearly in support of what Hamas is doing. We just went through this huge news cycle where they lied about the bombing of a hospital. And you know what happens? People are zealots. This is why I absolutely detest this subject matter. Now, I have no beef with, uh, with Israel. What I'm saying is, for whatever reason, when it comes to Israel, people's brains explode from their skulls. Yesterday, there was reporting that a hospital was bombed. Lie. Not true. The, the, the evidence today suggests a parking lot was on fire. Seriously, the building's intact. And, and, and this could be wrong, too. We don't know, you know, but for the most part, this is what se- where it seems to be. The Wall Street Journal ran a headline saying hospital bombed hundreds dead. Why did they believe that? It's crazy, man, because I even see uh, the, I, the crazy thing to me is that people, you know, myself included, all these people were arguing not over whether or not the hospital was actually hit, but, whether, but who did it? As if the assumption was we just knew it happened. Lies. So I tell you, man, navigating this stuff is very, very difficult. But there are a lot of people who understand why the left engage, engages in cancel culture, because they want to force businesses to realign to their worldview. I want the same thing. I want our kids indoctrinated. That's right. With American values. I want them to learn about the founding fathers, the war for independence, the revolutionary period, the, the, the ideas of freedom, liberty, republicanism, not the Republican Party. I'm talking about a constitutional republic. I want them to be indoctrinated to those values. The left wants their values. So what does it boil down to? We may agree with free speech to a, to a greater extent than they do, but we all have our lines and our limits. And I think we have to uphold them. 
And it's a lesson we learn from the, the, the left as they wield power indiscriminately. I will tolerate the left having a pro-Palestine rally because I want everyone to hear what they have to say. That's free speech, baby. And then I can show the videos to my friends and family and say, don't side with evil. And maybe it won't work, but it's better than nothing. Silencing them is wrong. A matter of strategy. So right now, as it pertains to Starbucks, I don't know exactly what Starbucks should do, but I'm not going to buy from them. You know, like I was saying, like, maybe I'll go and ask my union store. Like, nah, as, as I'm talking about it, it's like, dude, you hired these people. Fire them. If you don't want Starbucks employees waving your flag and saying they support terrorism, fire them. I'm done. I'm done with this. I mean, these are people calling for murder and war and conflict, They're calling for it and celebrating murder of civilians. That's my line. Sorry, that's my line. Right. I often talk about it's free speech is not incitement to violence. Celebrating people who kill other people is 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 I'm sorry that I'm not going to defend somebody. I'm not. I, I, that, that, that's my moral line. I don't care if people are like, I thought you believed in free speech. Don't play those stupid games with me, dude. You're allowed to speak your mind. You're allowed to hold your rallies. And I will defend the rights of the far left to speak these things out. Like if they want to have a conference and say it, but you are flying Starbucks's banner and Starbucks is saying they don't want that message. So you make the message on your own, not through them. Get the point. If someone as an individual wants to make their statements and make their voice heard, so be it. But ain't nobody going to be speaking on behalf of me or the values we have here. And Starbucks, I can certainly get it. So to all those companies that wanted to fire people because they wanted to side with the far left, this is, this, is what you, this, is, this is the bed you've made. And as you've advocated the far left for taking away our rights, I will not be defending yours. I said it over and over again. If the far left affords me the free speech and then someone tries taking it from them, I'll defend them. In fact, you got a, a conservative trying to get this uh, uh, pro-Palestine event canceled. And I'm like, no, 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 why do that? Let them speak, man. I want to hear what they have to say. I'm not defending them because I like what they're saying. I'm not defending them because I think their rights should be defended. I'm defending their right to speak because I want everyone to hear it so they can realize how repugnant these people are. That's the point of free speech. So even I have my limits, man. Starbucks, I'm not going to, I'm not, like, this is, this is it. I'm done. I, I'm so sick of these far left extremists their radicalization, and they keep calling for death and violence and harming of innocent people. It's, it's enough now, man. It's enough. It's a, it's, it's, honestly, there's a debate here. Do you think these Starbucks employees should be fired? They're being sued. I don't want to give money to a company that supports these kinds of things. I don't. And there are people who are uh, angry with, the, with statements of people who work at Timcast, but dude, it is what it is. My moral line is not criticizing Israel. My moral line is defending overt acts of terror. And there's, and, there's, and there's difficult questions here, seriously. But I'm not like, I don't know, man. This is tough stuff. It really, really is. And, I'll, and, I, and I, will, I, will, I will state it again to make it simple. I want to win a culture war. I want people who oppose war. I want people who believe in personal responsibility, America first, our borders, the people of this country, the good people who want better lives. That's what I want to support. If someone comes out and overtly defends war and escalation, I'm like, I don't see how that is helping us win a culture war. And that's my mission. That's, that's, so I don't know, man. It's not so simple, is it? This is a complicated world. We, we want to believe that these things are simple. We can simply say we're for, we're for free speech. Yeah, but what if someone who works for you is advocating for killing people? Right. And that's not free speech, right? That's not free speech. OK, what if it's war? Is that free speech? Death penalty. Is that free speech? These are tough questions. 
And I, I think we all just realize that we have moral perspectives and moral limits. So you choose, man. I'm going to leave this one there. I cut it, cut it short a little bit, whatever. I don't know. I can only just say that it's kind of hilarious that Starbucks is being gutted from the inside and ripped apart. Next segment is coming up at 6 p.m. on the channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. I'm recording this one a bit earlier in the day, and uh, we already know the results of the second GOP, uh, or I should say the second speaker vote. Jim Jordan can't win. And as I am recording this, uh, we have the real-time tracker up right now. And, and as we can see, there are already too many Republican votes for other candidates, uh, for other individuals. That will mean that Jim Jordan cannot win. Yeah. Okay. At this point, I hope Hakeem Jeffries wins. I mean, not literally, but like kind of. And I'll explain why. And then we'll talk about this. Uh, look, Mike Kelly voted for Boehner. Come on. I think it was Mike Kelly. And you've got people who aren't even in Congress, who aren't even worthy of the position getting these, these votes. There's no reason not to vote for Jim Jordan. The idea is that everyone should be getting together to move forward so that we can figure this thing out. Me? I'm kind of happy with the paralysis of Congress. I don't care if they have a speaker or not. I think it's good that Matt Gates got McCarthy ousted. And it's funny because people need to realize it was the great Democrats who voted to remove uh, Kevin McCarthy. You know what I'd do if I was a Democrat right now? If I was a Democrat, I would get a handful of my Democrat buddies and be like, I am done giving them this waste of time. I'm voting for Jim Jordan. I mean it. If, uh, if I was, if, if the Democrats were in a similar position, and they were with Nancy Pelosi, I'd, I'd come right out and I'd just be like, yeah, I'm going to vote for Pelosi. No, no joke. No kidding. You know why? Because they're wasting all of our time. There's no point, okay? But to be fair, to be fair, in all seriousness, my point is not so much that I would literally vote for Nancy Pelosi. It's that get on with it, right? In all seriousness, if I was actually in Congress ever, I'd probably just, I'd, I'd probably jam it up as well. It's probably better. There is no speaker. But the problem here is it's complicated. They're trying to get uh, um, this uh, McHenry temporary. Uh, uh, Mike Kelly is, is, is drafting a bill to expand the powers of the pro tem to give the temporary, the pro tem's uh, speaker of the house temporary more powers, which would effectively make him a de facto speaker. And we don't want that. But here's my point about Hakeem Jeffries and why, I, why I'm facetiously to a certain degree being like, yeah, vote for him. Republicans, you know, I hope he wins. When Kevin McCarthy was, was the speaker of the house only a couple of weeks ago, he was cutting backroom deals with Democrats to give Democrats what they wanted. Why? Why? Because he couldn't cut deals with Republicans because they wanted funding for war. At least with Hakeem Jeffries, you get some benefits to the knife in your back, right? Hakeem Jeffries as speaker means that Democrats will structure things in a way that despite not having the majority, they will basically function as though they do. But now you will know, you will know that you're being screwed over. And you can look to all the Republicans who did not want to vote for Jim Jordan as the reason you got screwed over. Right now, Jeffries can't win because it would be political suicide for any Republican to vote for uh, vote for Jeffries. But the argument is the Democrats may go to some of the more, quote unquote, moderate Republicans, which they're not moderates. They're just they're coward Republicans, I'd call them and argue that vote for Jeffries so that we can just get a speaker and move on and we'll cut you some deals. If that's the case, change the R to a D. That's not going to happen because the inverse is happening across the board. Democrats are quitting or Repu becoming Republicans. But here's the big point right now. As we watch 
Jim Jordan lose second vote. For one, part of me feels, guys, just vote for Jim Jordan. Who cares? Okay. McCarthy didn't work out. We'll try it again. I don't see why they're not voting for him. I don't know what the point is. The more libertarians are going to be laughing and being like, this is hilarious. I just find it absolutely hilarious because like, who cares? Congress sucks. The American people don't care for this institution. So what does it matter? There are people who are saying, I tweeted out, I hope Hakeem Jeffries wins. And people are like, what? Why? Why would you say that you've been hacked? And it's like, dude, the machine, it, Granger, the machine is fake. Kevin McCarthy stabbed y'all in the back. We weren't getting what we needed. He was, he was playing politics as usual. We weren't getting anything legitimate. With, with the same degree of power, Nancy Pelosi, they had the January 6th commissions against Donald Trump. And we've, sure, we get the weaponization of government, but it's, it, come on. Take the mask off. Just let everybody know exactly how this machine operates. It's the lying I can't stand. Here's the Daily Mail. Jim Jordan has failed a second ballot for speaker on the House floor in a defeat that could spell the end for his bid for the Republicans' top job. Once the vote opened, a handful of disgruntled Republicans immediately voted against Jordan, putting down Kevin McCarthy's name. Actually, this is really interesting. Let's look, take, take a look at this. Jordan actually lost votes. Vern Buchanan in Florida uh, originally voted for Jim Jordan and now voted for other. Drew Ferguson in Georgia voted for Jim Jordan, now voted for Scalise. Uh, Marionette Miller Meeks in Iowa, originally for Jordan, now voted other. Doug LaMalfa, originally voted for McCarthy, now voted for Jim Jordan. So there, I think there's one so far. This is a real, like they're voting right now as I'm recording. One McCarthy vote switched to Jordan, but he's already lost more. So it's just, it's not going to happen. And I don't, I don't know what their reasoning is. Several people voted for McCarthy, voted for McCarthy again. Honestly, I say this, I good for them. I'm glad they're sticking up for what they believe in. But um, the libertarians are all probably celebrating, saying that a paralyzed Congress is better than a functioning Congress because Congress doesn't function properly anyway, right? All right. Here's the issue. We know they don't care about our opinions. We know they don't care what we think. We know they're going to vote for 5,000 page omnibus bills to fund gender studies in Pakistan. So in the meantime, who cares? Who cares? That's what that, 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 these are kind of a, a series of points that I'm making. I don't want Hakeem Jeffries to win. I'd rather have Jim Jordan. But in 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 the uh, here's what we have to look forward to. Jeffries wins. He won't. But if he did, the mask is removed and we can see him operating the same as Kevin McCarthy would operate. Ha ha ha. Nobody wins. We get paralysis, which is better than a lot. Jim Jordan wins and then we'll carry on as usual and we'll be let down by Jim Jordan as he compromises and cuts deals. I don't know. Maybe in all seriousness, paralysis is what we need. Just let Congress be jammed up because their approval rating is what, like 18 percent? They said the House has been engulfed in chaos for 15 days since McCarthy was ousted. I'm glad he was. Dave Joyce of Ohio is expected to nominate Patrick McHenry for the top job on a short-term basis following Jordan's defeat. However, support for that move is divided among Republicans, so it's not going to happen. But, you know, you, you might end up seeing uh, Democrats uh, support that, so they'll get the, the votes they need to pass that draft. But here's the issue. Democrats are, are, are they're not going to deviate. They should. Several Democrats could undermine the negotiating power of these uh, um, re- re- rebellious uh, Republicans. Just, just undercut them. 
And I, don't, I, don't, I guess the issue is it's so tribal that it would never happen, but it, it could have happened a long time ago. Imagine if several Democrats went to, you know, people are talking about how the, the fear is that Hakeem Jeffries could win if these moderate Republicans, they call them moderates, the wrong way to describe them. They're cowards. They won't, you know, just fight for what's right. They're like, I don't know what side to take. <laughs> but they're saying, oh, but they could vote for Jeffries. OK, what if what if Jordan goes to some more moderate leaning Democrats and says, we'll work with you on some deals, just vote in favor of Jordan. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm saying it could go the other direction as well. That's basically what Kevin McCarthy was doing. They say Dave Joyce is going to nominate uh, McHenry. On Tuesday, 20 Republicans voted against Jordan, destroying his chance to become speaker of the first ballot. We then finally get the vote uh, beginning today, and already he's lost more votes. There was some text message. This is amazing. They said it was sent to Angie Bacon. Your husband better support Jim Jordan, read one of the messages. Your husband will not hold any political office ever again. What a disappoint and failure he is. Bacon voted for McCarthy on Wednesday, landing another blow to Jordan's vote tally. And then they mentioned several others who, who voted. Vern Buchanan voted for Byron Donalds. I like Byron. I'll, I'll take it, right? In a flip from his Jordan vote. Wow, that's crazy. Man, that's, that's really crazy. Wow. Ken Buck vowed to never vote for Jordan. Voted again for Tom Emmer. So stupid. Jordan was also slammed for using intimidation tactics over the weekend to try and get GOP holdouts to support his bid for speaker. His office has disputed those claims. He spent the weekend pressuring holdouts to vote for him with the unspoken threat that not doing so could put them at risk of a primary challenge given Jordan's popularity with grassroots conservatives. I think some of it did backfire, and I think it was to, to the detriment of Jim. Jim didn't necessarily support the strategy, added fellow Ohio Representative David Joyce. Former President Trump endorsed Jordan for the, for the top position. OK, well, here's the game we play. These people, they're, they're probably in swing districts. They probably are worried about holding office as it is. Man, I, I, I have no faith in the talent of our members of Congress. I do not understand how Jim Jordan is unable to secure the votes. Seriously. It may be that he, he goes to a member of Congress and says, will you vote for me? And they go, nope. Well, why not? It's not about you, Jim. It's about what they did to McCarthy, and I'm not for it. And it's just like, okay, would you write that down for me? Like, tell me, tell me what they're saying. This is what I would do. If I was in Jordan's position, uh, let's, let's, let's pull a random name. I go to Don Bacon, and I'd say, Donnie boy, uh, why won't you vote for me? No, no, I'm not telling you you have to. I'm just asking you, like, what do you need? What, what's, what's, the, what's the conundrum? He tells it to me. I'm like, okay, can you write that down and sign it for me? Just so that, like, we can have on the record... I'm going to tell people like, this is how Don feels. This is how we feel. That's what I do. I go to uh, Vern Buchanan. I guess he's the guy who voted for Di Byron Donalds. And I'd be like, why'd you vote for Byron Donalds? And uh, write it down for me. I go to Lori Chavez. I say, write it down for me. I go to Mario Ballard. I say, write it down for me. And then I say, I want everyone to see what their issue is. That's it. In their own words. You know why? Because they know what that means. It means they will not get reelected. That's it. No matter what their positioning is, it means that they're not going to get reelected. It's not about threatening anybody. It's about saying, look, man, like you, 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 you do you. You work towards what you think you got to do. Many of these people are taking a stand for whatever reason they're taking it. I just asked you right now. I don't want to argue with you. I don't want to go on TV and misquote you or misstate whatever it is you're doing. You clearly made your vote. I'm just asking you give me you, you write down what it is and put out a statement and let people see how you feel. Because guess what? Donald Trump is polling above 50 percent. His favorability is above Joe Biden's. I don't see these people 
I don't see them getting reelected. I don't. And I think that's the real fear a lot of them have. They're in moderate swing districts or whatever. Okay. If you need these votes, do you think losing the Trump base is going to help you win? No, no, no. I get it. You're thinking like, I got to convince middle of the road people to vote for me, man. I got to convince Democrats to vote for me. Uh Uh-huh. Well, you just lost the entire Trump base, which is substantially larger. So good luck. Just write down, write down. I don't know. I, I, I wanted to cover this in an earlier segment, but it's just like it's an ongoing news thing. So we'll definitely have more to say on this later tonight on Timcast IRL. But the next segment is coming up at uh, uh, actually, I think the next segment is coming up at Timcast IRL. So go to YouTube.com slash Timcast IRL. We'll uh, we'll follow up on this and uh, I'll see you all then. All right. You guys ready? Let's go. College is a scam. College is a scam. Universities are scams. They're scams. They rip off young, naive people. But let's just be honest. These are adults. You don't get to be 20 something years old and be like, oh, it's not my fault. Eh, Dude, you're an adult. You're an adult. But I feel for this woman right here. This woman is upset in this viral viral clip from TikTok. She's talking about how she's got a degree in marketing. She can't find a job anywhere. She's a server and she hates it. She's not getting these good jobs. Boy, is there a lot to break down. But I don't blame the person who was conned. I blame the con artist. And we have built a system that tells young people to go to college for no reason. You know, this lady says she makes more money serving sushi rolls. Do you want to know why? People need someone to serve them sushi rolls. People got to eat. So when thinking about what money comes from and what labor is, you get these kids who go to college thinking there's going to be a bunch of white collar jobs. They all compete with each other, but they have no experience. None. Sorry. Have a nice day. Lady, you're a server. If you bring me a resume that says I have a degree in marketing and I'm a sushi server, I ain't hiring you. And it's no beef. But bro, there's going to be some 18 year old kid who's got seven years of experience because when they were 11, their dad was a was a was a bartender at a venue and the kid loaded cables in the back door. And he's going to be like, what's your marketing experience? Oh, like I worked with my dad on flyers for like five years because he was a bartender and he sometimes would help promote local events. I'd be like, oh, OK, so what did you do? We made flyers. We did social media posts. I'd be like, wow. So you were doing this since you were a kid. Like, well, yeah, I was helping my dad. You, what about you and your experience? Well, I did. A, I was in college. I went for four years. OK, but let, let me slow down. Let me play this video for you guys. You can hear directly from this woman and we'll talk about how they are scamming young people and what this results in. I give you now this video. Here you go. I have a bone to pick with America. So I'm headed to my serving job. With America. I don't completely disagree. I don't think it's the country's fault, but it is our culture's fault. I fucking hate it. I fucking hate it. Be why I make more money serving. I have my literal business marketing degree that put me in a cute $80,000 in debt and I make more serving sushi rolls because I was I've been applying to marketing jobs fucking for weeks now and the, the pay cut is insane insane but the jobs that are like a cute 150 to 200,000 a year I'm not getting those I'm a 20 almost 25 year old my birthday soon almost 25 year old chick going against you know, corporate ass America, people with so much experience. All I got is my degree. Mm -hmm. You know, people say, get your degree, but then they don't talk about how you need experience. The degree was the experience. No, it wasn't. Honey, relax. 
A cute hundred. Is that what she's saying? A hundred K, man. She thought a degree was experience. Man, I've been I've been screeching this into the wind for decades. I'm not kidding for decades since I was a teenager into the wind. I am saying quite literally to no one. I'd, I'd be like sitting there complaining, be like, dude, college is a waste of time. You know, I figured that one out because high school was a waste of time. You know, I figured that one out because I went to high school <laughs> and then I stopped very quickly. You know, it's funny. My family uh, owned a business, come from a family of entrepreneurs. And I'll tell you how, how ba basically it breaks down. I'm 37 years old, five or six, five months or so will be 38. And uh, I am wealthy and successful and run a company with several dozen employees. And I'm um, a high school dropout. Hey, hold on there, lady. She wants to make a cute 100, 200K. I was making about that when I was in my, when I was her age. Yeah, I mean, wow, isn't that crazy? Well, she's 24. I wasn't making that when I was 24. By the time I was probably, I think by the time I was 27, 28, I was probably, uh, I think I was pulling in like 300, 400 or something uh, per year. And then when did, I think, um, let me, let me try and think real quick. I think, I think, uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying this to be like a dick or humble brag. I think this is important for people who want to understand economics and, and success and wealth. I think I became a millionaire five or six years ago. Uh, so I'm like in my early thirties. Now this lady wants to make hundred, 200 and she's in her mid twenties. Like maybe in three or four years, she might get there. So I would say right now it's like, dude, you're 25. Like there's a lot of people who are 25 who are super wealthy and all that stuff, you know? So first thing I'd say is, you know, slow down a little bit. Come on. Everybody gets there in their own time. But I will just say to break down a few misconceptions, lady, your degree is not experience. It's the opposite of experience. I'm not kidding. If you come to me and you say you want a job and I ask you, I'll put it this way. I got a dude, 22, no college. I got a dude, 22, college degree, marketing. And I say, I need marketing. Who do you think I'm going to hire? The dude with no degree and no experience is a better option, in my opinion, than the dude with a degree and no experience. Now, of course, who am I going to hire? Dude, I'll hire the 18-year-old with five years of experience before I hire either of them. But I'm telling you right now, if there was a job we needed and I had someone with no degree, I would likely hire them first. It's not about the degree. It's, it's about worldview and experience. <clears throat> I'll put it this way. What is someone who is 22, what are they doing for four years outside of high school if they're not going to college? Okay, like I got to be honest, if they're sitting around playing video games all day, I got questions, but I really doubt that's the, that's the case. Anybody looking for a job is being proactive. In all likelihood, my point is this, two individuals living normal lives, one went to college for four years, one didn't. The person who didn't go to college for four years worked a job, worked a job for four years, most likely, and has a bunch of real world experience dealing with human beings. The person who went to college sat around a bunch of other ignorant people and was told by a person who's likely not in the field how to do a thing that isn't active in business. This is my point. I have met so many people with college degrees who are like, I spent four years working on X degree. And I'll be like, yeah, we, we haven't done that in the industry for 10 years, dude. This is what really bothers me. When I get, I meet these people, like this is a while ago, and they're like, I'd like to do a video editing job. And it's like, okay, are you familiar with Premiere? And like, no, I use Final Cut. Bro, we don't use Final Cut anymore. Your colleges are lying to you. Now, I don't know if they're still using Final Cut. But uh, there was this period where all these college students are using Final Cut on Mac. And what's the industry switching to? 
Adobe. Why? Because all the Adobe suite products integrate with each other and you can quickly import, export, transfer and render and it's faster. And so I'm meeting these college students like my teacher told me, my professor made me get a Macintosh and now I use Final Cut. And I'll be like, well, we don't use that. So we're not interested in hiring you. And then I meet some like random dude and it's like, I use Linux. And I'm like, Linux? <laughs> well, it was free and I did the work all on my own and I use like, um, what, 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 I don't know what programs they're using these days on Linux, but uh, there was GIMP, which was like a, a, a photo editing and stuff like that. There's open source products and there's um, Kden Live. I think that's what I used to use back in the day because it was cheap, it was free, and it worked. And you could get the job done. Is it as good as Premiere? No. But if someone comes to me and says, I use Linux, and I'll be like, you, you, you self-taught and figured all that out? Okay, let's pause for a minute. Self-taught using systems we, we aren't likely. We use, we use Adobe products for, the most, most of our, for, our, for our editing, basically. We do have a Mac for, for a variety of reasons, but it's like one out of, what, like 30 computers. Someone comes to me and says, I self-taught on Linux how to use these open source programs. I'll be like, wow. Well, okay, that's interesting. The other person says, I did what I was told for four years and I'm $80,000 in debt. And I'm like, okay, dude, well, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, man. If two people who lack experience come to me, but one has a track record of, auto, uh, of being autodidactic, teaching themselves and learning on their own, I'm going to be like, I kind of feel like this person's going to figure it out, right? Okay, I'll say, I'll give you a couple of weeks, figure this out. Let's see where you are and see if it makes sense. We'll do a temporary contract to see if you can do these two jobs. And then we'll see if it's like, you know, becomes a staff position. Person with a college degree, I'm going to be like, I just don't want to waste my time, dude. And I'll tell you why. People with college degrees and 80,000 in debt. Let me tell you why this lady's not going to, she's not, I, I, I feel bad for her, dude. Fitness with Allison. I think, Allison, maybe you should go for doing the fitness and doing the uh, TikTok stuff, right? 25. That might be like, do your own marketing is what I'm saying. Like build your own brand. Don't rely on somebody else. And I'll tell you why. Yo, you got 80K in debt. I'm sorry. I can't afford to pay you what you need to get paid. Flat and simple, plain and simple, right? Just, just flat out. Someone comes to me and says, I didn't go to college. I got no experience. I worked at McDonald's for four years. I'll be like, okay, what did you do there? And they'll explain the things they did. And I'll say, after four years, I mean, you're probably more than just like a cashier. And Grant, don't get me wrong. I mean, someone come and be like, I mopped the floors for four years. I have no experience. I'm not going to hire that person. Someone comes to me and says, I did what I was told for four years. I say, okay, here's what happens. Person with no college degree and four, four years of experience dealing with customers in the world. How much money do you need? And they're going to say something like, I was making 15 bucks an hour in McDonald's. If I did marketing, I probably just want more than that. And I'll say to them, well, I'll tell you what. We'll definitely pay you more than that. And the best part is you work on your own time. No more hours, no more clocking in. You get the job done. If that works, we got a job for you. Person with $80,000 in debt, guess what they're asking for? They're saying, I got four hundred. I got $600 a month in student loan debt repayment that I have to pay, I have to pay down. I'll be like, okay, well, dude, that's not my problem. Like your debt is not my problem. I can't afford to pay you that. There's no world where I just go like, gee, well, okay, I'll give you extra money for no reason. It's, it's about market competition. And if there are two people of equal skill and one's laden with debt, that doesn't mean anything to me. The person who comes to me and says, look, I got to get paid six figures. I'll be like, good luck. Right. We don't pay that. We can't afford that. Some jobs, you know, I'm saying like entry level marketing position or something like that. Someone with no experience. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not happening. So here's the problem for this lady right now. She wants to get her foot in the door for the marketing jobs, but she can't take that pay cut because she got 80K in debt. Guess what? There's going to be some kid who ran the Harry Potter fan club Facebook account, 
when from when he was 15 until 18. And it, he got 56,000 followers on it, was communicating with people every day. He's going to walk in. He's 18 years old. He's going to sit down and he's they're going to say, how much money? What's your experience? And he's going to be like, well, for three years, I was running an online community promoting my fan club. We built up 50 to 60,000 followers. We had fan meetings. Here are some of the flyers I produced. Here are some of the videos we made. And they're going to be like, OK, that's cool. I like that stuff. We definitely want you to, to do that here. You're going to be working under this, this dude. He's, he's older and more experienced. He needs help making videos and, um, and promoting and, and posting things. You seem to know how to do all of that stuff. In fact, you might have already done more. So it's a great position to start in. And eventually you could probably move up. How much money do you need? And he's going to be like, I'm 18. I'll take 50K a year if I'm lucky. And they're going to be like, done. That's fantastic. He's going to be like, whoa, now I'm getting a salary to do what I was already doing since I was a kid. This is amazing. She comes in and she wants 100, 200K. And they're going to be like, sorry, lady, have a nice day. This 18-year-old kid gets the job instead. He is going to start advancing. He is going to end up with, you know, five years of experience in the industry, working for this company. And then they're going to come up to him and say, we need someone to take over the marketing for these new projects. Would you want to do it? It pays 150 a year. And he's going to be like, sounds good. You know, I'm good for it. Well, you know, you already know how to do it. You've run excellent campaigns. The job is yours. This is the lie of college. You are better off doing something on your own than going to college and wasting your time. But I'll tell you this. I'll, I'll add one more to it. For me, the main issue is someone who says, tell me what to do and I'll do it versus someone who says, let me figure it out on my own. The person who says I'm not going to college is like, I'm going to figure this one out. I'll survive. The person who goes to college is like, I was told what to do and now I'm in dire straits. And I'm like, I don't want that person. I'm sorry. Like, and it's not everybody went to college. I'm like, we, we have people who went to college who work here. I'm saying that like, People who are autodidactic and, and driven are going to be better hires. This lady, I mean, just outright, welcome to the cold, cold, hard reality of the world. I'll leave it there, man. Thanks for hanging out. Next segment is coming up at 4 p.m. Uh, no, 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 no. It'll be 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.